Welcome to the ParXL podcast, where we look at the issues, trends, and innovations shaping patient access to new drug therapies, because we're all driven by the same goal, to make life better for patients and improve their odds for survival. I'm Chris Baker, Senior Vice President and Global Head of FSP at ParXL, and I'm excited to host this podcast today. A little bit about me, I've worked in the pharmaceutical industry for 20 years for two pharmaceutical companies. I have worked at another company and did a turnaround and then worked as a general manager at IQVIA before currently serving as Senior Vice President at um, ParXL. Today, we're going to talk about functional service providing or FSP partnerships that have been gaining traction in recent years because of their potential to increase flexibility, access to expertise, and reduce costs in outsourcing without compromising quality. By outsourcing individual functional services, sponsor companies gain benefits they might not have in traditional preferred provider relationships or when outsourcing an entire study. However, many factors contribute to the successful FSP relationship, and it's critical that we get the relationship right at the outset. So today we're going to talk about FSP outsourcing in two critical areas along the development journey, pharmacovigilance or safety services, and the second is regulatory. These are two of the most important areas in the development of a new therapy. So we're going to talk about the decision to outsource these services and the careful consideration and steps that need to be in place when engaging in an FSP relationship in these areas. Later, we'll also put two of our expert consultants who are doing this work every day for customers on the hot seat and learn about how they successfully build partnerships. Joining us is our expert, Joanne Sullivan, who's been with ParXL for more than 20 years, first in our finance division, and then translating her management expertise to leading two of our functional service provider businesses. Joanne also spent some time in India as our country head, and she'll she'll share uh, with you about some of the cultural dynamics that contribute to some successful staff retention in India. Welcome to the podcast, Joanne. Thanks, Chris. Happy to be here. So let's start with what you're seeing in the industry today. Are companies looking to do more outsourcing in an FSP model? And if so, why and what are their concerns? So we're definitely seeing uh, an increased trend in outsourcing. Um, I think we're also seeing engagement models continue to evolve. Uh, uh, And what I mean by that is that one client may want an FTE-based contingency-type model uh, where the client maintains responsibility for the quality and end product. Um, In other cases, a client may want to outsource the full function, so an FTE or a unit-based cost structure may be put in place, uh, but the oversight and the quality of the deliverables is transferred to the vendor. Um, Maybe they want a combination of both. Um, It's really critical to be nimble in this environment to really ensure that we're meeting the client's needs as well as their business business goals. Um, To answer sort of the second part of your question, some of the biggest concerns uh, we see relate to how to maintain compliance and and basically a quality deliverable. Mm -hmm. There are clear timelines and data requirements that need to be met in both the regulatory and the PV environment. Similar to any work environment, replacing and retraining staff can be disruptive and expensive. So maintaining strong retention rates are important. Clear work instruction and process at the setup are needed to ensure um, basically the ownership um, and understanding is across the workflow. So both across the vendor as well as the client. Um, and this actually helps us to ensure um, de- you know, delivery and, and accuracy and, and meeting those timelines. Um, I also think we're seeing more flexibility and, and scalability needed in the resourcing model. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so as you know, most deliverables come in waves. It's really not a linear requirement. Um, so it's really important to be able to respond quickly to what the client's changing needs are. Um, and, th- and that's what we try to do with a flexible staffing model as well. That's great. Tell me a little bit about your experience in India. I understand that Chandigarh is one of the cities in which Parkcell has a number of FSP operations and outsourced employees. And uh, Chandigarh is considered quote unquote, the happiest city in India. And I love the idea of that, that label, the happiest city. So why is that? And how much does that play into retention and to the business at Parkcell? Um, so as you mentioned earlier, I had the pleasure of being the country lead for Parkcell's India operations for about three years. Um, and, and so for me, it was just an amazing experience, both personally and professionally. Um, I'm responsible for two groups, as we talked about, the regulatory group um, and the PV group, and they both have a really large presence in India. So to see firsthand some of the benefits, the opportunities and challenges that really occur when you're looking at a global outsource model, it was really important for me. Um, also, we continue to evolve our best practices, you know, as part of our partnership lesson learns. And so to help inform our methodologies um, in areas such as communication, governance structure, transitions, these are really all key. And, and so for me to be on the ground to get that learning, again, was really a special time for me. Um, Parkcell has a outsourcing hub in Chandigarh. And as you said, Chandigarh is a happy city. Um, also a fun fact, it's also a great example of urban planning. Um, so it's actually set up in a grid structure called Sectors. I did not drive in India, but I've been assured that it's one of the easier cities to drive in if you choose to do that. So I think it's a great location to live in um, as well as to visit. And so I think that that's critical when you're thinking about where your hub is located. Um, because you want to make sure that you have access to a strong pool of talent. Um, there are several large universities in the area, so we're able to recruit both at an entry level as well as an experience level uh, for the location. Um, so people move to the area to go to the universities, but then they stay um, because of all the amenities the city offers. So from a retention perspective and a growth perspective, this is really just critical. Um, and so again, given that we have that large hub, we're able to provide strong development opportunities for our staff due to a diversity of projects. That combination of great location, um, great source of talent, strong development opportunities within your location really help us to make sure that the location has great stability and also high, uh, re- high retention rates. Um, we're really proud of the retention rates that we've been able to achieve um, and that we're consistently, our retention rates exceed uh, the market rates, uh, again, because of a lot of the efforts we're doing in the space. So it is a happy city, and I'm happy to say that I've also um, had some great experiences there. That's fantastic. It's really all about finding the right talent and then matching it to the right cultural fit of the client. And it sounds like you have the most amazing um, access to really bright people who are well-educated and happy in their environment there, which more, what more can you ask for? I'm interested, um, based on your years of experience, um, what successes have you seen in terms of building a culture that's designed for long-term retention and kind of matching that to what the, the client's looking for? Mm-hmm. Um, so we've seen across our operations um, that the teams that are truly high performing are those that have a clear understanding of the goals of the programs. We want to make sure that the team understands the full end-to-end process, um, not just their piece of the process, and so they understand the entirety of what we're trying to achieve. And then a strong governance model um, is key because it creates that framework for the team to be successful as it outlines the roles and responsibilities of its members. Um, 
Also, the Parks Health core value of putting patients at the heart of everything we do has really resonated with all our teams. And this really allows for a connection between our everyday work and really an understanding of how that impacts on the health and well-being of thousands of patients across the world. Um, so I think when you kind of look at that culture that you're developing, it becomes a very key. Um, strong retention, as we talked about, across the team, it's a large factor. Um, and this starts with hiring the right people, but also ensuring that there's strong development structure in place for them. So depending on the level of experience of the team member, there should be development across the program. As an example, someone starting maybe in a more entry-level, say, publishing-type position, they may develop uh, it within their work stream to be a work stream lead or eventually a project lead. Um, or they may want to focus on developing their subject matter expertise um, in maybe publishing or technology or in one of those areas. So in some cases, after an appropriate time period, a person may move to an, another partnership that we may have to ensure future development. Um, so it, again, it's important that we're able to maintain that sort of evolution across the projects while we're still kind of growing and creating that stability. That's fantastic. That really makes a difference. Joanne, two areas that you're responsible for are pharmacovigilance and regulatory FSP. And why do you think these areas make sense from an FSP perspective, or why are they successful? I think when you look at a successful outsourcing engagement, it really starts with meeting quality and compliance metrics. Um, you know, our overarching um, our overarching goals is to ensure um, continued supply of medicine to all markets and all patients and be that patients in a clinical trial are being treated um, with marketed products mm -hmm. and so your outsourcing works best if you have clearly defined roles and responsibilities you know processes and quality controls you know this is usually within a RACI of some sort uh, but this is to ensure a clear and consistent outcome now, you may have an outlier or a task that doesn't quite fit within your SOP, so you also want to make sure you have an appropriate escalation pathway to ensure that this is identified and, and actioned correctly. So that really kind of encompasses what we consider an, a successful outsourcing engagement. So if you really review this, this thought process and you think about that across regulatory and safety activities, um, especially in the life cycle maintenance space, you know, you'll see that these activities themselves can clearly be defined, which allows them to be a good activity for outsourcing. But each company we work with may perform the task slightly differently. Um, so it's really critical in the initial planning and transition phase for the vendor to review how this task is being completed in its current environment and work with the client to determine if the client SOP or the vendor SOP is really best practice that you want to utilize. Mm -hmm. And so an FSP model means working collaboratively, I think, with our clients, establishing trust and, and really making sure that we're always, um, we're assigning the right people to the right roles. That's just really fundamental to the success of any project. Last question for you, Joanne. We talk a lot about the benefits of an FSP model for sponsors and clients. But when we get it right, what's the benefit to patients? What does success look like for them? Um, I think we've all been a patient at some point in our lives, or we've had a loved one um, that's benefited from the work that we do. Mm -hmm. um, so the importance of what we do and Parkcell's mission is really re very relevant to me and I think to the team on a personal as well as a professional level. Um, the work we provide supports patients receiving medicines as part of a clinical trial or when prescribed by a physician. Our teams are ensuring that many thousands of patients have access to critical and in some cases life-saving medicines. Um, Non-compliance 
from a regulatory or a pharmacovigilance perspective puts the supply at great risk. And so therefore it's mission critical that the work that we do is of the highest quality and meets all the timelines required. Um, So really critical. That's a good point. That uh, timeline and getting it to the patient as quickly as possible, we see that every day, don't we? And with medicines and uh, with the needs in the community. So thank you so much, Joanne, for um, all that you do for ParXL and ParXL FSP running pharmacovigilance and regulatory and your leadership. After a quick break, we'll be back to see how all of this works in practice by putting two of ParXL's FSP leaders on the hot seat. So stay tuned. Welcome back. Now we're going to talk to some of the people who are putting this into practice every day. Alistair Falconer is a director in Parkcell's Regulatory Strategic Resourcing Service Unit. Alistair started out as an FSP resource in his career on the regulatory side, so he has strong understanding of the needs of the FSP individuals and can bring that perspective now to the team that he leads. Welcome, Alistair. Thanks, Chris. Um, so I'm a director within our, our regulatory group. Uh, I oversee a number of uh, functional service um, provider programs within our regulatory group, whether that's supplying um, CMC, uh, clinical regulatory strategy or, or publishing. Um, I, I also support programs that are both uh, full-time employee type programs uh, and also uh, delivery-based uh, functional service provider programs as well. So I, I can, I'm happy to provide my insights. Excellent. Thanks so much. Next, we have Beth Shalish, who is also a leader of an FSP unit for pharmacovigilance. Beth is trained um, as a nurse, and she moved from patient care to working in pa- and safety services, um, helping to conduct studies that ensure patient safety over the life cycle of a drug when she came to ParXL. Thanks, Chris. Um, I've been with ParkSell for a little over a year now, but I've been in the industry now since um, 2002. I'm a nurse by training, and I work very carefully with our clients in the account management division um, within our PV division, making sure that our clients are um, getting services that not only meet their day-to-day needs, but delight them and are proactive in our approach. Um, Myself and my team work carefully to bridge the gap between operations and client needs. Uh, We work carefully to not only ensure that we understand what the client's requirements are when new clients are on board with us, but that we work, as Joanne mentioned earlier, in a very structured governance model that we offer to our clients to ensure constant delivery and that we grow with the client as their changing needs evolve. Perfect. Well, thank you both. Let's start off with, um, can you tell us a little bit about the tricks of the trade as it relates to FSP? Joanne spoke about the shared team model. How does that work in practice? Beth, do you want to start? Sure, I'd be happy to. So um, for our clients, the shared team model is a very efficient, cost-effective model for them. Um, by being able to share uh, staff amongst multiple clients, that it gives the client the ability to ramp up and ramp down services as the needs require. 
it's not unusual for when new products are um, initially marketed that it's hard to forecast what the projections will be as far as safety um, requirements, how many cases will be received, and what the demands are on staff. Mm -hmm. um, by working in a pooled model, we can respond quickly to be able to not only provide the team that we project will be necessary, but quickly ramp up should the projection be under forecasted or ramp down quickly should it be over forecasted to begin with. The other thing that we know from our years of experience in the industry is that unexpected um, circumstances happen frequently within safety where you may suddenly see an increase in cases um, from certain affiliates or based upon your initial marketing. And our program allows us to respond much more quickly than a client would be able to do by themselves. We have the ability to attract and retain staff quickly for the programs and the ability to um, use our experts and our SMEs within safety services to quickly um, train our staff to get up to speed without tapping into heavy resources from the pharma side. Well, a lot of that touches on the flexibility that we were talking about earlier. That's excellent. Alistair, how about you? Any tricks of the trade? Yes, it's similar within the regulatory space as well. Um, we, we use that pool resource uh, across um, um, our partnerships as well um, for functional services. Uh, and that can work both for the delivery model where, um, as Beth outlined, we can we can ramp down and ramp up resources uh, based on the, the, the needs for um, the client at any particular time. But we, we can also um, affect that with an FTE model where we may have a partial resource um, um, working with uh, one client on a maybe a 0.2 FT model and another client on uh, a, a 0.8 FT model. Um, similarly, we can we can actually engage both an FT and deliverable based model. So you one of some of our resources are working 0.5 FT for a client, but for the remainder of the time they're working that delivery based model. This this really helps with our flexibility in supporting our clients. Fantastic. That's really great. Let me ask you both, how important is cultural fit with your staff on both sides? You know, we talk in FSP about finding the right person, the right talent, and then matching it to the client's culture. How important is that cultural fit with your staff? For us on the PV side, cultural fit is extremely important. One of our biggest compliments um, that we frequently get from clients is that it's difficult for them to, to know where their team stop and our team start, um, which is really the highest compliment we can receive. Absolutely. In order to achieve that, we look for staff who really enjoy CRO work. We make sure that during the recruitment and onboarding process, we give the, the new staff the ability to understand and learn about that client, mm -hmm. the history of their products, uh, the ability to attend meetings to meet the client, and really become part of the team. Um, we look for HCPs on our teams who will enjoy working in a CRO type of environment because we've learned over the years that HCPs it may be a difficult transition for them coming from a, a clinical setting. Mm -hmm. And so we make sure that people understand what the difference will be and that they will look forward to this type of work. Um, Alistair, how about you? 
Yes, um, I agree. Cultural fit, fit is absolutely critical because we, we, we need our staff to be happy. If they're happy, the client's happy. And that, mm -hmm. that can only happen if we have the right cultural fit. Um, therefore, we, we invest a lot of time in the interview process for any new hires. You know, it's not just important for them to have the right um, technical skills. They have to be good consultants as well, and that, that's good consulting skills that you're, you're able to adapt to a variety of situations and a variety of uh, team environments. So it, it, it's an absolute emphasis uh, when we're, we're, we're hiring our people um, that they have this ability uh, beyond their, just their technical skills. Um, and this applies equally whether, you know, we're working in a, in a hub or a our uh, team members are fully dedicated um, to to our clients. That's really great. Um, to ensure you get the right cultural fit, do you have any tips or rituals that you use when onboarding the staff to a new assignment? Yeah, so we make sure that the uh, new staff learn about the client, um, about their company, about the products and the population um, that their products serve. We make sure that our staff um, work with the current team to understand what the client needs are, what the governance structure is, and how they fit into that structure and the um, outcome of the day-to-day -day actions that they perform regarding meeting metrics and quality standards. We also make sure that um, we have the staff attend client meetings to hear what's important to the client so that they're really, again, become an extension of that client team. How about you, Alistair? Yeah, we, 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 we follow a very sort of similar process. You know, we, we have a period quite often when we're onboarding uh, staff that they will have a period of, of shadowing their contemporaries. So they get a feel for that, that cultural fit before becoming um, fully operational on, on that program. Additionally, if we're, if we're hiring for um, um, a full-time uh you know, employee model, um, we may actually even, you know, involve our, our clients in, in the interview process so we can we can get greater success in that 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 cultural fit. Um, not all our clients like to like to go through that process. Um, they, they, some of them prefer to us to actually establish that, but it, it is a process we've had some success with uh, recently. That's really interesting. Thank you. This all shows how really important it is to get the right people fit to the right project every time. So thank you all so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Chris. I'm Chris Baker, and this has been the latest edition of the ParXL podcast. To learn more from experts like Joanne, Alistair, and Beth, please visit parxl.com forward slash FSP. And you can listen to more of our podcasts on parxl.com, Google Play, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. After listening, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and rate and review this episode. See you next time.